<clears throat> Today is the yurt site of a legendary scholar. Uh, Pinchas Hirschpunk was a chief rabbi of Montreal. Uh, Hirschpunk was also the Rosh Hashiva in the Lubavitch Yeshiva in Montreal. And when I, when I was in Montreal for six months in Yeshiva, I was privileged to learn with him one-on-one for about six months every day. And I heard many, many stories from him, remarkable stories, his experiences with Gedele Yisrael. Because of his legendary scholarship and memory, he was able to encounter and meet many of the great uh, Gedele Yisrael from before the war. His grandfather was the Dayan of Dikle. He was, his grandfather was a famous Dayan. He was an expert in Mishpat, in monetary civil laws. So from all over Poland, people will come to Dikle, Rabonim, uh, business people, to, uh, to have him adjudicate in very com- complicated cases because he was known to be very proficient in Allah, especially in Choyesh Mishpat. Uh, so he lived by his grandfather, so he came uh, in touch, he was encountered many great people that would go through his grandfather's house. When he was 15, he already knew half of Shas Balper. His, his father intended to make him a newspaper boy so he could bring in some income to the family because people were very poor. But his grandfather saw what a potential this boy had. So he took, told his parents that he takes it upon himself to cover his expenses to send him to Yeshiva because the Yeshiva Chachmulablin cost money. And the grandfather says, I will pay, I will take care of him. And he sent him off to Chachmulablin. Rameer Shapira, the founder of the Yeshiva, when he met Rav Hirschpunk and tested him, which was very uh, standard in those days before they get into this Yeshiva, it was a very prominent Yeshiva. And to get accepted, you had to know hundreds of pages of Gemara Balpeh. Otherwise, you couldn't be, get accepted. Rav Hirschbring knew thousands of pages. Rameer Shapira says, I can testify that he knew 2,200 pages Balpeh, word for word, word by word by heart. He became Rameer Shapira's favorite. Rameer Shapira passed away in 1936 or 37. They appointed Rav to be the tester of the yeshiva, that anybody who comes into yeshiva has to be tested first to see if he qualifies. He was the one who would test people. Avishpunk survived the Holocaust. He wrote a whole book about his experiences, his escape from Nazi-occupied Poland. And then he went to Lita and then to China and then came to Canada in the 1940s and became the, the rabbi of Montreal. He wrote a, a, a book in Yiddish in 1945 uh, it's an autobiography, and especially the years when, when he faced uh, the Nazi occupation and and afterwards. In my conversations with him, he mentioned several things uh, about Gudeli Saul that he met and his impression of them. I remember he met the Rebbe many times. Of course, he came to Fabrengens. You can see it in the videos. Rav Hirschberg used to come uh, maybe several times a year to be by the Rebbe's Verbringen. He told me that in the Rebbe's Verbringen, you can see how the Rebbe 
in one sicha encompasses all of Shas. Every word is a reference to something in Shas, but the Rebbe says it in such an inconspicuous way that you don't notice that the Rebbe is literally, um, you know, presenting uh, references and it refers to various um, sources in, in Bavli Yerushalmi. It says he enjoys so much sitting at a Fabrengen and hearing every word and, and trying to trace it to which part in Shas the Rebbe got this from. He told me that a manhig, a leader like the Rebbe, uh, is unparalleled, even in Poland before the war. And he said he has met many of them. He's met the Munkach, he's met Rebnachem Zembe, he's met Remeir Shapiro, he's met all the, great, the greats of the time, especially through his grandfather, who was a center for where many great people would come and visit, especially due to his great expertise in Chayesh Mishpat. So he got to meet a lot of them and discuss with them Devreterim. He says, but a manihig, a leader of this caliber like the Rebbe has never seen. Also told me that the Rebbe's breadth of knowledge is also um, mind-boggling. One shared with me that he was in Yechidus by the Rebbe, and it was Hanukkah time, and he told the Rebbe an insight that he had. It says that Hanukkah will light the menorah on the left side of the entrance, and the mezuzah on the right side of the entrance. So it says, no, it says in, 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 the, in the Chazal that it's, because we want the person to be surrounded with mitzvahs. The mezuzah on one side, the menorah on the other side, so the person is surrounded with mitzvahs. In Shilto is the Rav Achai, from Rav Achai Goen, it adds one more thing. If the mezuzah is on the right, and the Hanukkah menorah is on the left, or Balabais im Tzitzi Yosef Be'emtza, the one who lights the menorah, the Balabais, he's also dressed in his tzitzis, so that's another mitzvah that he is connected to. So Rav Hirschberg said, what does this mean? Why is he adding this? Besides, we light the menorah in the evening, after dark. So then at night there's no mitzvah to wear tzitzis. Lailo loves man tzitzis. So why is Rabbi saying that the balabai is with his tzitzis? Says Rav Hirschberg, he thought that is a tshuva of Rashi. Rashi says in one of his tshuvas, responsive, that the reason we don't have to wear tzitzes at night is because it says, you should see them. And at night it's dark, you can't see it, says Rashi. But if there is light, somebody lights candles, you can see the tzitzes, and you have to wear tzitzes. Rashi is the only one to say that. Most, the vast majority of poskim don't accept that. But that's Rashi's opinion. So Rav Yishri says, we have support for Rashi's opinion from this shiltes de Ravachai. Because that's what the Shilz of Achai is actually telling us. The guy has a mezuzah on the right, and now the menorah is burning and kindled on the left, so there's light in the house. So therefore, Balabais has to be imtitsi Yosef. The Rebbe heard this and said, this is korev le'emes. This is close to truth to what you're saying. He used to love teasing G'doyle um, Yisrael people, great, great scholars that he used to like to catch them with something in Shas and Bavli or Shalmi that they missed. He had fun doing it. So he told me he went uh, to Reb Chaim Kanievsky, who they said had uh, literally mastered the whole Shas, Bavli or Shalmi, Midrashim. So he asked him a shaylet, 
We know the halacha is that if you say shahakal over any food, you don't have to say another bracha, right? Even if it's a fruit, that you say ha'etz, adama, but if you said shahakal, it's covered. You don't say another bracha. What about besamim? Besamim, there are also various types of brachas. There are certain types of, of besamim, you say bayre mini besamim. Certain types of besamim, you say bayre atzi besamim, is besamim. What if somebody said shahakal on besamim? Does that cover him? And Rabbi Chaim started giving a whole pilpul. So Rabbi Hirschman said to him, It's a toisvus, daf mem hei. Behasar mikutsi, in the name of the sar mikutsi, one of the bala toisvus, that if you say shahakal and besamim, yoitza. He once saw a Rosh Hashiva, a Litvish Rosh Hashiva, the Sheva Brachas, and he asked him, where does it say that you have to sit down when you bench? So Rosh Hashiva says, no, I don't know, where does it say that? He says, it says in the Pasuk, V'chalta v'thavoto v'verachta. Savoto is two words, Shev, Ace. Shev means sit, it's the time to sit. So the Rosh Hashiva said, ah, that's a nice chassidish pshatl. It's a little bit far-fetched pshat and Pasuk. So Rav Yerushpun showed him it's a teisvus. Tosfos in Brachas Dafnun Aleph, but as it says, in the name of Rabbi Moshe Albret, that Vesavata uh, is two words. Shev Ace. From here we know that a person should sit when they bench. He told me that he had conversations with the old with the Munkacherov before the war. Munkacherov came to visit his grandfather, and he ate lunch in his grandfather's house, and he also sat down for lunch. And he started asking him questions. About Charles Bavli or Shalmi. Um, the Satmarov, Rabbi Yoelish, the Divri Yoel, came to Montreal many years ago. And uh, he visited Ravishpunk in Ravishpunk. And the Satmarov got into a big debate whether it's a mitzvah to learn Loshna Kaidish. Ravishpunk proved from Bavli or Shalmi and many other sources that it's actually a mitzvah. The Satmarov insisted that there is no mitzvah to learn Loshan HaKadosh. So they, none of them conceded, but they had a long debate. Then when the Satmarov went back home, he wrote a long tshuva to Rav Hirschbrunk, defending his own position. This became the first part of his famous Sefer Vayoel Moshe. It's actually a letter to Rav Hirschbrunk. Rav Hirschbrunk told me a funny thing. At the end of their conversation, so none of them conceded. Said Rav Hirschbrunk to the Satmarov, I want to tell you a story. There was once a lady, an old Yidana. She came with a chicken to the Rav and said that there's a child on the chicken. She wants the Rav to paskin. The Rav looked at the chicken and said, Okay, I got to take a Shukhanaruch. Take a Shukhanaruch. Yeredeya opened it up in Hilchas Trefes and started looking into it. And after 10, 15 minutes, he closed the saver and says to the woman, it's treif. The woman, who knew how to read a little bit of Hebrew, saw when the Rav was looking into the Shukhan that on top it says, Hilchas Treifes. So she said to the Rav, Rav, if you looked in Hilchas Kashres and you found it's treif, I understand. But you're looking in Hilchas Treifes, of course you're going to find treif. Try looking in Hilchas Kashres and see if it's still treif. So the Rav said to the Satmar Rav, you're always looking in Hilchas Treifes. You should look sometimes in Hilchas Kashas. Not everything is puzzle and treif. 
This Hatburov enjoyed it and uh, smiled and they remained friends. He was also incredibly humble and very self-effacing and extremely kind. Uh, I remember once he said to me, Oh, Akasha, Akasha from a Siddur on a Gemara, uh, something which I had just learned and I told him actually the Gemara he's citing is, uh, in, uh, is interpreted by Rashi differently, differently than he did. And therefore, according to Rashi, it's not a question. So he asked me to bring him a Gemara, we opened up, and lo and behold, Rashi did say what I told him. And he, instead of being offended that he got caught with a Rashi that he forgot, he misinterpreted the, he interpreted the Gemara differently than Rashi, he was so overjoyed that I caught him. It gave him pleasure to see that somebody could catch him. Right? He was happy to see that other people tried to learn too. And that was his, he was very generous spirit. No, so sein Yizich Baruch.